You're listening to KYMN 95.1 FM, 1080 AM, and streaming online at KimRadio.net. It's time for the On Deck Sports Show, sponsored by Falk Financial Services. It's the show that covers America's pastime through the eyes of the people who love it the most. From journalists to broadcasters, and of course, the athletes that play the game, we will have all your bases covered. Here's your host, Colin Landsteiner. Good afternoon, my name is Colin Landsteiner, and this is the On Deck Sports Show, sponsored by Falk Financial Services. It's a brand new show focusing in on the game of baseball, and will air Saturdays, roughly about one hour before the first pitch of the Twins games right here on KYMN. We'll talk to personalities from across all levels and areas of the game of baseball. Local baseball, we got it. Twins, college, minor leagues, we got it. We'll cover everything. We have a fantastic show for you guys lined up today. Noah Matterfeld from WSAW in Wausau, Wisconsin, also formerly of the Stitches podcast, and a Norfield High School alum will join us. Dirk Umenhauer will be a part of that conversation as well. But before that, I got the chance to speak with Jim Suhan, columnist for the Star Tribune yesterday. We discussed that disappointing opener for the Minnesota Twins on Thursday and looked ahead to the 2021 season. Jim Suhan, columnist for the Star Tribune, joining me via the telephone line. Jim, thanks for giving us a few minutes here. Uh, Yesterday, of course, being the Twins' first game of the regular season, it looked like it was uh, going pretty well there for a bit, but unfortunately, things fell apart. Yeah, and they spent all spring training doing pitcher fielding fundamentals and trying to make sure that, uh, you know, sometimes talent wins games, sometimes randomness wins games in baseball. That's why they play 162, so the randomness has a chance to even out. But there are certain things you should do as a major league player and a major league team, and throwing to the right base is one of them. Uh, Colome, if he throws to first base, they win the game. He throws to second base, they lose the game. It was that simple. I think all of us who watch a lot of baseball, as soon as he threw to second base and gave up a free out in a situation where all you have to do is get the three outs and you win the game, well, I think we all knew that was trouble. Absolutely, absolutely. The fundamentals, they come key late in games, and of course this one goes into extra innings, Jim. And we got to see the new rule come into play with man starting on second. I know this was a thing last year, but you know a lot of many of the diehard fans of the game worry that MLB has been trying to tinker with rules like this. It's changing the game. What's your thoughts on this rule and its effect on the game? I think all sports are constantly tweaking the rules to get things right and to adapt to modern times. And, you know, sometimes people think because I'm an old white guy, I'm a traditionalist. I'm really not. I want what's best for the game. I've just watched too many extra inning games that go to 14 or 15 innings and that destroy pitching staffs and that are really pretty boring until the winning run scores. And nobody's getting on base. Everybody's trying to hit home run. So you're seeing strikeouts and batted bats. And all of a sudden you have a five-hour game or a four-hour game I'm sorry. Uh, baseball's already – the game's are already too long. Uh, I don't want it to drag on. I think putting a runner on second base gives you immediate drama, puts pitching staffs under pressure. It also gives you a chance to get through a game without using your entire pitching staff and having to call up four minor leagues the next day. I'm in favor of it. And I think right now MLB, they're having a difference with the playoffs, not having the rule in place, and I think that makes sense. You know, of course, we've also seen potential looking into the National League – 
messing around with the DH rule there and implementing that. And of course, you know, we saw pitchers at the plate yesterday. It was kind of odd, you know, the Twins playing, you know, their first game in a National League stadium. Thoughts on that, seeing that on opening day? Uh, I've I've gotten to cover the Twins for a long time now. I've gotten to see uh, Paul Molitor, you know, David Ortiz, uh, Nelson Cruz, some great players act as DHs, and they might not have extended their careers or gotten as many at-bats or even been with the Twins if it weren't for the DH rule. I've also watched a lot of pitchers hit, and they're generally horrible at it. Uh, it's either a bunt or it's a bat at-bat. Occasionally, one will, yes, there are some pitchers who hit well, but let's face it, the numbers are there. Generally, they, they are not big league hitters, and it's kind of a, and it, it just reduces the game to either an automatic out or a butt attempt that does not exactly thrill me. Uh, I think the D, you know, I like the DH, and I don't think it's right that you can have an American League team build its team around a DH. I mean, Nelson Cruz is absolutely crucial to this lineup, and then not have that player be eligible to play his position in interleague games or in the world series. It just, it's too unfair. It takes away a key player from, you know, it, 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 I just don't think it should work that way. Yeah. It was kind of weird not seeing him in the lineup yesterday. Right now looking at Saturday's lineup, we got Jose Barrios on the mound, of course. And uh, Jim, this is a big season for him. You know, we've had some high expectations for his career. And unfortunately kind of the last few seasons we've seen, some stretches of inconsistency. Uh, what's it going to take for him to turn it around? The interesting thing about him is that, you know, in some ways he's overachieved. You know, yes, he was a low first-round draft pick, uh, but a lot of those guys don't even make it to the big leagues because, you know, drafting is such an inexact science in baseball. And he's not particularly big, and he throws hard but not exceptionally hard. And he really wasn't on the radar as somebody who could end up being a top-of-the-line uh, starter until he really started lighting it up at Fort Myers. I went down to see him at Class A Fort Myers early in his career, and really, I don't think the average Twins fan even knew who he was. Then he started pitching really well in the minors, and he comes up and he looks like he's composed and ready to go. You know, I think his second or third time up, he really started dominating. He goes to the All-Star game. I, you know, And everybody kind of keeps waiting for him. Oh, when's he going to pitch like an ace? I'm not sure he's an ace. He might be a number two or number three starter on a good team, which is what he is right now. That just might be who he is. For some Twins fans who expected him to be an ace, maybe that's a tough thing to accept, but, you know, it it might be reality. Yeah, I mean, the numbers, you know, if you look at his career numbers, they are not the numbers of a staff ace, and now he's in his prime. Uh, He has plenty of major league experience. He's had really good stretches. He's pitched in an all-star game. Uh, And, you know, for him... He really needs his breaking pitch to be dominant. When it's not, he's a fairly average, and I don't mean average in a bad way, but he's a fairly average major league starter. When his slider is putting people away, then all of a sudden he elevates and he becomes one of the better pitchers in the league. But I just don't know, you know, just because somebody has made opening day starts for you doesn't really mean they're a league ace, you know? And I think we saw Maeda blow right past them last year, and that might be the right way for the staff to go. You're listening to the On Deck Sports Show, uh, sponsored by Falk Financial Services here on KYMN. Jim Suhan is our guest, and we're talking Minnesota Twins baseball here. Uh, Jim, lots of new additions to this Twins squad and, you know, some departures as well. Uh, which transactions do you see making the largest impact on the club's success this season? Well, I think the lineup is is stacked and loaded 
and I think health is going to be, really have a lot to do with how they perform. Donaldson already having a hamstring injury is a really bad thing, a uh, really bad sign, really bad omen, also just bad practically. He's Again, with, he's one of their key hitters. With Cruz not playing in the National League, he really needed to be the guy who kind of takes the mature bats. Um, you know, the bullpen is, is always a mystery. Robles pitched well in, on opening day. Kyle May probably would have pitched well enough if he'd taken the free out. He probably would have gotten out of that. We've been talking about him having his first save. Um, I think Rodgers is going to be good in the role they use him in. I think Duffy has a chance to be really good between Robles, Calame, uh, some of the other guys, Dobnik. I think the, I think the bullpen will probably be fine over time. But, you know, it, the fact that Calame didn't have the presence of mind to make that play yesterday does does give you a little, <laughs> gives you the jitters a little bit. You know, part of being a closer is having composure, and he didn't really have it yesterday. Um you know, the lineup really didn't need any additions. I mean, and I guess the big one is Andrelton Simmons. Uh, you know, the Twins two years ago decided to go all in on the home run and sacrifice a little defense, and it worked out beautifully. Uh, and now everybody expects this baseball to fly less far and for more balls to be put in play, and that's going to heighten the importance of defense. And Simmons is a tremendous player. He is a brilliant defender. He made an, he made an error on opening day, which is shocking, but – if they can keep Simmons and Buxton on the field, we might see incredible fielding up the middle and a lot of out, uh, hits turn into outs. And the way baseball is probably going to be played this year, that might be a great advantage. One departure that also stands out to me is Eddie Rosario in that, you know, now you still have Byron Buxton and Max Kepler out there. And it's going to be critical for them to continue to develop and be a huge part of this lineup. And we kind of saw that yesterday. They had great game, each of them. Yes, uh, and Kepler had a terrible spring, and then he proved that spring training numbers just don't mean anything by having a big day on opening day. Uh, Buxton had a ball about 800 feet, uh, just crushed one. Uh, you know, And I just think if Buxton plays every day and gets comfortable, he's going to put up numbers that will get him some MVP votes. Uh, left field, listen, they let Rosario go for a number of reasons. One was they think Kirilov is going to be better than Rosario. And then, of course, Kirilov performed poorly in early in spring training, looked a little jittery, and they sent him down. Now they're going to piece left field together. Of course, now with Donaldson hurt, Arise might end up playing on the infield, which means you have fewer good options out there. Uh, Garlic might end up having to play a lot out there. We'll see how that goes. It's not an ideal situation, uh, but maybe they get through the first month and then Kirilov settles in and they can bring him back up. Uh, and the thing about Rosario is, you know, by – the way the Twins front office looks at things, the way most modern analytics people look at things, they're just not that impressed with Rosario. They won't say that publicly. Uh, his fielding was in decline. His base running was terrible. He takes bat at bats. He swings the pitches out of the strike zone. And generally, he made up for it by hitting home runs. Well, if you don't think the ball is going to fly over the fence as often, then he's not going to be able to make up for his flaws with as many home runs. So, on the one hand, Rosario helped reinvigorate this franchise. He was an entertaining player. He had a lot of home runs. He liked being up in big situations. There are a lot of pluses for Eddie. The minuses made him a guy you didn't really want to invest in big long-term. They really do think Kirilov will be a much better hitter and better overall player than, than Rosario. It's just a bad break for them that, that, that Kirilov didn't look ready this spring. Hopefully we can get him up to speed and up, you know, up here with uh, the Twins at some point this season. And, yeah, you're right. I mean, Eddie has really been a player that uh, a lot of uh, mixed opinions from the fan base. Yeah, and, and you know, all the opinions are right in some regard. 
he did hit home runs. He was a key player for this team. He didn't end up making this team a playoff contender year in, year out. He was, you know, energetic. Uh, he had guts. It, it, when he was fielding well, you know, he is one of the most accurate outfield arms I've ever seen. Incredibly accurate. But if you remember against the Yankees, 2019, they moved from left field to right field because they didn't think he would play well in the big left field at Yankee Stadium. That was kind of the first indication. That, and I've you know, been told also that after that season, they would have moved him if they could have gotten reasonable value in a trade. They just couldn't. So they decided to ride it out another year. And he, again, he hit some home runs last year. But you got to be really careful where you spend your money. And it's one thing to evaluate a guy as a young guy who still might get better or is affordable. It's another thing to decide to really pay somebody big money and be, and be frankly, be stuck with them for a number of years. You know, it's been a really tough stretch for the Minnesota Twins in postseason play. Uh, lastly, Jim, uh, what is your outlook for the season? I know we still got that young team, the Chicago White Sox, that people keep talking about. Can they um, potentially overtake the Twins? You know, um, and what is the Twins? What are they going to have to do to take that next step this season? Well, as you said, listen, baseball is still a regular season sport. Uh, it's still 162 games, and you have to navigate that before you can even think about the postseason. Of course, they want to win a World Series here. That is their goal. It's their stated goal. It's what they talk about behind the scenes. Players are even talking about it this spring. And what are they, you know, all kinds of different teams have won World Series in the last 20, 30 years. We've seen the Miami Marlins win two World Series, you know. Uh, we've seen the Arizona Diamondbacks win World Series. Uh, and it's always a slightly different formula. The one thing every, I think, every since like uh, back in like 97 when the Marlins just kind of bought a World Series, pretty much the one constant for all World Series winners has been building up your own good young core of players that you can rely on and then adding to that, however, in trades, free agency, whatever. The Twins have the good young core. They need to be lucky with health. Uh, they need, you know, they probably pitched well enough the last two postseasons. It's really been bad at bats and, and some bad fielding plays that's done that has done them in. So I think it's a matter of having their best professional hitters healthy and in stride when they get to the postseason. Last year they were missing Donaldson, then Buxton got hurt. Um, you know, they've missed they've missed postseasons with with Sano and with Buxton. I think part of it is is health. Part of it is having the right hitters. Uh, who can kind of lead the way. And Cruz is the only guy who, who really put together good at-bats for him last year. So I, I really think that Donaldson winning, Donaldson might be a key to winning in the postseason, having Donaldson and Cruz you know, anchoring the lineup against good pitching. Yeah, and like you said, you, know, you have to get through the regular season. You know, There's potentially some competition for the Twins there too. Uh, the White Sox are really talented. They should be really good. Sometimes... Uh, a good young team that has kind of a breakthrough year with success. They don't really know how to handle it the next year. They don't know how to handle expectations. Maybe they they start thinking about big contracts, whatever. Uh, So this is going to be a test of the White Sox maturity more than anything else. There's certainly enough talent there for them to win the division, but are they going to navigate difficult times? Are they going to, uh, you know, the young players going to keep their eye on the ball. There's still a level of mystery with the young team. So I, I would still pick the Twins to win the division. I would pick the White Sox to finish second. Cleveland might be still have enough to make some noise and contend. I know the Twins really respect the, the Cleveland organization. And then the Royals and the Tigers might be improved enough uh, to at least make intra-division play more difficult, which, you know, and, and as much as we love to highlight the, the 
the head-to-head matchups, the White Sox and the Twins, how you play against the Royals and the Tigers might determine your season. Hey, Jim, thanks again for joining us here today, and uh, look forward to talking to you again soon. Sounds good. Thanks for having me on, Kyle. That's Jim Suhan of the Star Tribune. When we return, Dirk Umbenhauer and I will team up and talk to Noah Mannerfeld from WSAW in Wausau, Wisconsin. He's also formerly of the Stitches podcast, an alumni of Norfield High School. This is the On Deck Sports Show, sponsored by Falk Financial Services. Is your portfolio swinging and missing more often than making solid contact? Falk Financial Services is an independent financial planning firm that works with advisory clients to build an investment strategy to meet your short, intermediate, and long-term goals. To learn more, call 507-645-2993 or visit us at Falk Financial. Financial.com. All investing involves risk, including loss of principal. No strategy assures success or protects against loss. Securities offered through First Heartland Capital, member FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered through First Heartland Consultants. Falk Financial Services is not affiliated with First Heartland Capital. Here on the On Deck Sports Show, joining me for this segment, Dirk Umbenhauer. It's good to have you on the program. Good to be here, Colin. And uh, we got a special guest via the phone line, Dirk. Noah Manderfeld from WSAW in Wausau, Wisconsin, formerly of the Stitches podcast, and an alumni of Northfield High School. Noah, welcome to the program. Hey, how are you guys doing? How's Northfield treating you guys? It's warm today. It's sunny. It seems pretty good. Yeah, we got warm in Wisconsin, too, so we're feeling good over here. That's a rarity. Beautiful, beautiful Saturday, right? Oh, beautiful Saturday. A great day for baseball, Noah. Been a good opening week here. Actually, a lot of fun to see fans in the stands again and to actually hear authentic, real crowd noise versus, you know, the canned audio that they had before. So uh, it it feels fresh, and it feels like baseball. And Noah, let's get to that first game here on the question. The uh, Twins, obviously, were up 5-2 to entering the ninth. Their defense pretty much choked it away. I think that's safe to say. Um, and then the Brewers came back to win 6-5 and extras. Uh, what were your takeaways um, from that game quickly uh, for both teams? Obviously, it's one game in the season. But just looking at that one game, what was your takeaways? For both teams, one for the Twins, um, their lineup looked comfortable. They didn't look comfortable during the spring. They looked really comfortable in their bullpen looked really good. I know Colome blew it late, but Rogers looked dominant, and he didn't look dominant at parts of last year, so that was good for them. Um, on the Brewers' standpoint, we saw some flashy defensive plays. The one that sticks out to me is Luis Arias, his uh, play out short in the first inning. That's what this Brewers team is going to be, defense and pitching. Um, unfortunately, Woodruff didn't have a great start, but they got lucky in the end, and that's all that matters, and Josh Hader shut the door in the 10th inning to give them the uh, paved the way for a walk-off win. No, for those local Minnesota fans here that aren't quite as in tune with the Brewers, what's their expectations this season? I think it really depends on the fan. Uh, some fans are more optimistic than others. I think really their expectation is to be above average. Because right now, if, if you look at the NL Central, the Cardinals are going to be the top dog. Uh, they're going to be the team that everyone's going to be chasing throughout the year. But the Brewers, they know that their offense isn't the best. They know, um, but they also know that they're – Top two of their starting rotation, Brandon Woodruff and uh, Corbin Burns, are two of the best one, one of the best one-two punches in the league. And so, 
they put all their chips in on defense and pitching, and I think their expectation is to finish above 500 and, and contend for a wild card spot. And their superstar Yelich didn't have his best season last season. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got to be looking for him to bounce back this season, right? He has to bounce back. Our parts of last year, their offense looked anemic. I mean, I think Kent Maeda almost shut him out until they got lucky again and came back in the ninth inning. Or he'll no hit them, I think, in that game. Uh, and Christian Yelich is really their one big powerful bat because outside of Christian Yelich, their offense doesn't have very many pieces. Maybe Keston here, he's a big bat, but he's not a great contact guy. So they need Christian Yelich to bounce back because offense, and if they're really putting all their chips in on pitching and defense, they need some runs, and Christian Yelich is the one that's going to get them for them. And Noah kind of coming back full circle here to the Twins Brewers series continuing uh, tonight. Uh, Jose Barrios versus Corbin Burns for the pitching matchup there. And then tomorrow, Sunday, Mikel Pineda and Adrian Hauser, uh, the pitching matchup there for game three of this series. Uh, how do you see the rest of the series coming out with those pitching matchups as well as the other uh, intangibles, defense lineups, um, and all that here in this opening series of the 2021 season? Well, I'll tell you what, judging based on that first game, the Twins are the top dog here in this series. They deserve to win that first game, and the Brewers um, didn't, but that's the way baseball works. Today, though, and this is why when you play the Brewers, you don't want to play them early in their rotation because they're one-two punch. Woodruff and Burns, one of the best one-two punches in the league. And so now you get Woodruff, who's a legitimate ace, and Burns, who strikes out. I think I can't remember what his strikeout rate is, but it's incredible for a starting pitcher. So today is going to be a lot of fun. Jose Barrios versus uh, Corbin Burns is going to be a lot of fun to watch tomorrow, though. Adrian Hauser, the last three of this Brewers rotation is a bit shaky, and so that, that's one that I think the, the Twins can uh, pull ahead, especially because Michael Pineda, if he's on like he was last year, he could put out a good start. Um, but today is going to be a lot of fun to watch. It'll be interesting to see how the Twins do against a strikeout pitcher because I think they struck out, I want to say, 17 times on Thursday, but it didn't seem to matter because they looked like they were the better offense. Who you got in tonight's game, Noah? Twins or Brewers? That, that, that's tough. I mean, I, I want to go to, with the Twins because I think they're going to bounce back after Thursday um, because they're better. But really, judging based on Thursday, anything can happen. But I'm going to go Twins tonight. All right. Noah, thank you for joining us. Uh, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Love talking to you guys. Thanks, Noah. Noah Manderfeld from WSAW in Wausau, Wisconsin. Uh, Dirk, we are moments away from the pregame show here between the Twins and the Brewers, but any final thoughts here on this series? Yeah, I mean, I think kind of what Noah was saying there, the Twins should have had game one tonight as a big bounce-back opportunity, um, and it's big also for Jose Barrios, kind of. I mean, you have it, he was shaky at times last year as well as 2019 as well. He's supposed to be one of the aces of the staff, um, so tonight I think it's big for him to see um, – how he starts off here in the 2021 season for the Twins to kind of get a bad taste out of their mouth here early after that uh, choke job on Thursday. Yeah, hopefully we can get a nice bounce back game here for the Minnesota Twins. The On Deck Sports Show will be back next week, Saturday, April 10th, and will air at noon. Again, special thanks to Noah Manderfeld from WSAW in Wausau, Wisconsin, Jim Suhan of the Star Tribune, and Ira Carlson. For Dirk Umbenhauer, my name is Colin Landsteiner, and this was the On Deck Sports Show, sponsored by Falk Financial Services. Don't go anywhere, folks. Game two between the Milwaukee Brewers and your Minnesota Twins is coming up right here on KYMN.